0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. When Christ is speaking and explaining um, the the whole process of salvation to his disciples, um, he says in John 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's explaining that he is the way, meaning that it is through him that we attain salvation. And he says that he is the truth. He says about himself that he is the I am. The I am means that he is the existing one. He is the, the, the one who exists. He is the truth. He is the reality. Okay? And he is the source of life. Because he is alive, he grants this life to all whom he chooses. So he grants us life through himself. Okay? So when we are speaking about salvation, we are speaking about belief in the one who is the I am. The, to believe in the truth and because the truth does not change the faith of the church also does not change right and it's an important principle for us to understand in the church is that the truth is one the truth is consistent the truth does not change and the truth that christ proclaimed in his life the truths of the old testament the truths uh, revealed by the prophets in the old testament the truths of revelation in the future are all fixed and not subject to any kind of change. So for this reason, we maintain that our faith is consistent, it's constant. We don't revise it. We don't alter it. Maybe as time passes, we can alter the way that we communicate the faith. We can alter the, the, the way that we try to reach people because of cultural changes that happen the language changes, cultural changes, technology changes. These are all changes that we can apply in the way that we communicate the truth to people. But the truth itself does not and cannot change because the truth is Christ, right? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth and he does not change. So there is no way that the faith can change, right? So I'm gonna speak a little bit about why do we believe that these facts of the true faith are not subject to change, okay? The first is, we read in Jude, uh, verse 3, it says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Once for all delivered to the saints this is a very important concept that Christ is the one who is the revealer of truth. You know, how is it that we know anything at all about God in the, in the, in the physical world, you know, how do how do we learn truth in the physical world? We observe, we can do experiments. We can see the results of those experiments. We can theorize, we can, we can do all kinds of things, you know, the scientific method for us to discover more things about the world. So, so the primary means Of learning truth in the world is through discovery through observation. Okay, but this does not work with God. This does not apply with God, because there is no way for me to observe what is invisible. Right, there is no way for me to discover unless that God wants to be discovered right so the way that we we learn truth about the spiritual about God is not through observation, but it is by revelation. So the the book that god gave us which is his word the bible this is a, a a book that is full of revelation it's revealing things about himself how is it that we know anything about god it is simply because he has told us about himself he has revealed to us stories of, of things that have happened to other people in the past that communicate truths about himself and so he took the, these truths about himself whether old testament new testament uh, through the, the holy tradition and he has revealed it to us okay so here when when saint Jude is, is speaking he's saying what uh exhorting you to contend earnest earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered delivered to the saints meaning this revelation we have received it from god we have received it he is the one who has given it to us and at, at when has he given it he has given it once for all right what does that mean it means the truths that God has revealed about himself have already been given. There is not going to be some time in the future where God is going to reveal something new. Maybe we begin to understand, right, things that we didn't understand before, but there is, there is nothing new. There is, God, God is the one who has, has delivered all of this to us, okay? So whatever faith we believe in, it does not change because God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We as human beings maybe find this difficult because we change all the time. We have different ideas. We discover new things in the world. We discover new things about ourselves. But we can't apply this same principle with God. God is the same. God is the anchor to which we should attach ourselves. And so when it comes to the spiritual life, right, there is no change in the the things that God has done, on the things that God plans to do. We look at what the church did long ago, and this is the same faith, the same practice that we practice today, right? We interpret the scripture the same way as we, as the church has done before. And this is a big part of the holy tradition. You know, one of the, the major sources of authority in the church is the holy tradition. The holy tradition is, what is it that has been delivered to the saints? Even that which had not been written down in the scripture for us to read, but it was delivered to the saints early on in the life of the church, and has been passed down from generation to generation up until now. And so we practice these things, we hold these things to be true, right? So the faith was delivered once, and we, our job is to keep it, right? To keep it. The truth does not change. The second point is that those who did change the teachings were condemned. We look in Galatians chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. There was a time in the the church where there was a lot of danger from false teachers. And false teachers would come to various churches um, and they would begin to preach a message that was different from the message that St. Paul or the other apostles had preached. And so St. Paul is telling the churches. He's saying how is it that you will recognize when someone who is coming to you is a false teacher? He's saying the message that he preaches to you will be different from the message that we have preached. Right? Because the truth doesn't change. So if the message that someone is preaching is different than the message you have received from us and he goes to the extreme and says even if an angel from heaven, even if if some supernatural being comes to you and tells you something about God, about the spiritual life that's different from this message I'm preaching to you now, then let him be a curse. This is a false teaching, okay? So no man, no one, no matter what they appear to be, can change the word of God, okay? So again, compare that to our modern life, our modern society. In our society today, it is very encouraged for people to bring different messages, different ideas, And people will even refer to them as being different truths. And we present all this information. And then everybody is there to think about what they want to accept, what they want to reject. Maybe they take a little bit from this philosophy, a little bit from this philosophy, a little bit from this religion, a little bit from that religion. And I mix them all together. And for me, this is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I personally believe, right? In our modern society, this is usually for most people now how it operates. Everybody just kind of takes ideas from here and there, kind of like a salad bar, and I I mix them together. This is what I want, okay? This is what I believe to be true. But the church doesn't work this way. The church is not here to discover truths. The church is not here to philosophize about God. The church says God has given us the truth. This is the truth given to us by God. It has been revealed to us by him. Our job is not to try to discover new truths. Our, our, our job is to maintain and keep the truth that we have received. And so this principle that we find working in our society is actually a very dangerous one when we begin to apply it to the church. And maybe because we are used to this in the world and hearing all these different ideas and having to be critical and thinking, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? Should I accept this? Or should I reject this? Then very naturally, we begin to apply the same thing to the word of God. You'll have many, many Bible scholars these days that read the Bible from a critical perspective, right? Instead of accepting that this is the word of God and that we try to understand what it means, we begin to question, why did this evangelist write this? This seems to contradict with what this one is saying. This person was incorrect in saying this because actually the truth is really this and this. Instead of saying that the word of God is above us, the word of God is, is, is what is defining the truth. Right, Because God is revealing himself as truth. So we have to remember this. The facts of faith are not affected by the current cultural climate. They're not going to change as the laws change. They're not going to change as the moral uh, you know, sensitivity of people change over time. As things become more liberal or more loose. Uh, when, when things that were previously considered taboo are now accepted in society. That says nothing as to what God has revealed doesn't change God in any way. So it's important for us not to waver in the face of cultural pressure. If people come to us and say, you know what, God is actually saying this and this. Well, it's like, well, this is not the same message. This is not the same gospel. This is not what is written in God's word. It is not up to me to to compare God's word to some kind of cultural norms that exist right now in the 21st century and say, well, maybe we should change this and maybe we should change that. The word of God trumps all it should be higher than all. It should be above all our laws, our morality, everything about our beliefs should be based on God, not vice versa. What what modern man has done. Is we have fashioned a God that seems to us to be tolerable based on our current cultural norms. We believe that a certain things are moral and right. So if we are going to believe in a God we fashion a God who agrees with us right We make God to be in our image instead of we being in the image of God. And this is very dangerous. We are called to change ourselves to be like him, not call him to change to be like us. The third point is that even St. Paul, whenever he was preaching, he reviewed his teaching with the apostles before he went and, and taught on his own. You know, St. Paul was one of the most prominent preachers. He went to the the whole world and founded so many churches all over the world and went on many missionary journeys. And yet, even he, we read what he said in Galatians chapter 2, he said, and I went up by revelation and communicated to them, them is the apostles, that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who are of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. What is he saying? He's saying about himself as St. Paul, that I took the revelation that I received, that I took the knowledge that I had about God, and before I went into the world and began to preach these, I went to the apostles and I said, this is what I'm going to preach. This is the message that I'm going to preach, lest what by any means I might run or had run in vain. St. Paul actually received the revelation of Christ directly in visions. So St. Paul is the only apostle that did not live with Christ and was an eyewitness of him while he was still alive on the earth. And he was called to be an apostle after the resurrection. So in order for St. Paul to learn all the truths of the faith, Christ appeared to him and taught him for several years in the wilderness, in the desert, before he was prepared and equipped to go and start his ministry. So after this period of the the receiving of this revelation from Christ, St. Paul did not say, well, you know what, now I'm equipped and I have everything that I need. I'm just going to go start preaching. He said, first, I went to the apostles and I communicated to them the gospel, the message that I received, which I am going to preach to the Gentiles to make sure that it is correct, to make sure that that, that it, it, it lines up and matches up with what the rest of the church is teaching. So St. Paul was not like an independent preacher who took this revelation that he received from God and went and and worked with it. He understood that he was a member of the greater body, which is the church, the body of Christ. And out of an abundance of caution, he made sure that the message that he preached was the same message as the other apostles. So there is no place in the church for an individual who believes that they have some kind of special knowledge some kind of unique revelation or unique knowledge that they have received from god that goes against what is the faith of the church and the faith of all of the believers in the church that to say what well, i have this special knowledge i'm going to go and to preach it it's going to contradict other things but i'm going to go and preach it because this is my view and i believe convic- convicted by the holy spirit that this is my view and we have many examples throughout the history of the church unfortunately of people that have believed that they have received special messages and those messages are contrary to the scripture, contrary to the faith of the church, but yet they go and they preach these messages, believing them to be true and are seeking disciples for people to follow them. And sadly, sometimes people believe and follow them, right? Even though this contradicts what the church is believing. So even those that you know, that believe they have received a supernatural revelation, we have to question this. There are stories in the church of people that thought that, that an angel was speaking to them when it was really a demon speaking to them. Essentially, St. Paul is saying there is nothing that, that that you will receive that contradicts what you have already received. And make sure that what you're teaching lines up with the faith of the church, right? Go and, and verify that what you're teaching lines up with the faith of the church because again the truth does not change. God is not going to give some special revelation to an individual that contradicts the the general revelation that he has given to us all. The fourth point is that sound doctrine should be delivered as received. Sound doctrine should be delivered as received. In 2 Timothy Chapter two, we read, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Also in Second Thess- Thessalonians chapter three, but we command you brethren in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. So whoever is going to teach, right? What are, What is the characteristics or the criteria of somebody who is going to teach? Just commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach. Why do they need to be faithful? Because they need to not add their own uh, opinions, their own interpretations to the faith, right? We take the faith as delivered to us, which came from Christ to the apostles, to their disciples, to their disciples, to their disciples, throughout all the generations of the church up until the present day. We take these. Okay, and this is what we teach. Our goal is not to introduce some kind of new content. Like I said before, it's okay to have new ways of communication based on changes to society, changes in technology and so on. But the information itself is the same because we are worshiping the same God. God is impartial to time. He has no concept of time for for God. The the 2000 years ago, 10,000 years ago is the same as the present day to him. We are the ones who are always updating. We are the ones that are always changing, right? So we are called to take what we have received from God, whether it be from the scripture, from the holy tradition, and we pass it down to the next generation. And this is why we spend so much emphasis, put so much emphasis on teaching. Our teaching is not each individual interpreting the scripture on their own and teaching what they think, but it is the teaching that is passed down in the church, right? This is why we can speak about in the Orthodox Church is what does the church believe, right? This is, this is what we mean when we say, what does the church believe? The church is all of us together. This is the, the, the gospel message. This is what has been passed down to us as a church. It is not about individual belief, right? In many other churches, people might speak about what do I personally believe, right? But in our church, we speak about what do we collectively believe? Because what we believe is one. Based on what we have received from God. The fifth point is that we only have one teacher, right? In Matthew 23, verse 10, it says, And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ, right? One is the teacher. If we have one teacher, then there can only be one message, right? If there is only one teacher, there can only be one message, Who do we see as being the source of authority, right? Where is the source of authority that comes to teaching? Are we all individually teachers in the sense that we all individually come with different messages or is there one teacher who is the Christ? Modern scholars um, often don't even consider the Bible a, a valid source of information, but consider that the Bible is full of fairy tales and myths, right? But we see as the church, we see God and his word as being our primary source. This is where we get our spiritual and moral instruction. What is it that God wants us to do? How does God want us to live? We look at the Bible before we look at anything else, right? There might be different opinions. There might be different philosophies. But where do we get our instruction? We get it from the scripture, from tradition, right? The questions of how should we live, who we are, where are we going? Where did we come from? All of these are answered in the scripture. God is the authority. And when he says, and and when what he says contradicts the world we believe him not the world right when we have um, like a contradiction in the in something that between what god says and what science believes which do we, which do we believe we believe that whatever god said right we we believe in whatever god said he is the creator he is the one who knows he is the alpha and the omega you know society can be wrong people can be wrong but god is never wrong he is our one teacher the last point is that we are called to follow the footsteps of the flock. Okay, in First Timothy chapter three, there are two verses here I want to share with you. The first one is, "If you do not know, O fairest among women, follow the footsteps of the flock." Right? Meaning, if you don't know what direction, this is like from a, from a shepherding perspective, right? If there's a sheep doesn't know which direction that they should go, where do they do? They look at the footsteps of the flock. Which direction did the flock go? Which direction did the church as a whole go? That's the direction I go. If I have a doubt, if I'm confused, if I don't really understand, then I go wherever the rest of the church has gone. I go in the direction of, 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 of the church as a whole, right? As opposed to me going off by myself. Because if a sheep goes off by themselves and doesn't follow the flock, then they will get lost and they will be in danger. But if they follow the footsteps of the flock, then they will be with the shepherd. Because the flock as a whole is shepherded by the shepherd, right? We believe that God protects the church. We believe that the the gates of Hades will never prevail against the church. So God is keeping the church safe, right? Keeping the church from falling away from him. So if we keep close to the church, which is the flock, then we will also be close to the shepherd. In verse 15, he says, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God and uh, the pillar and ground of the truth. Right. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth, because the church is the expression of faith that we receive from the Lord. That is what we do in the church. We worship God according to how he asked us to worship. We express our faith according to how he delivered it to us. Right. So we follow in the footsteps of those who came before us, and this teaches us how we ought to conduct ourselves in the house of God, telling us what our faith should be, right? How can we tell when we are deviating from the faith? Well, we look at what people did before us, right? What did people believe before us? All of the heresies, all of the mistakes, all of the things that um, you know, are going wrong uh, in modern time is not new. People that came before us experienced the same thing. We look at their example and we say, okay, look, the church already addressed these heresies. The church already addressed these different things. What did the church say about them? And we learn and are edified by them. We don't bring in different kinds of doctrines, whether it be from other churches or from other religions or from a secular atheist perspective. We, we already have a rich, rich history of faith. We follow in the footsteps of those who came before us. Are we contradicting what came before? We ask ourselves this question, Right. Do we seek some kind of a spiritual revolution and discarding the pillars of faith to make way for new teachings? Are we trying to, to you know, in our effort to reform or an effort to improve the instruction that we instruct, in our effort to, to, to make the church better, are we trying to make it better from the perspective of bringing in new, new, new doctrine or is it just new styles, new ways of appealing to people and so on? So again, new approaches and teaching methods and technology and all those things are great, but the teachings themselves do not change because the truth does not change because Christ does not change. So in summary, we spoke about six different points related to the the, the topic that the truth does not change. The first one is the faith was delivered once and for all. There is no new faith. There is no new doctrine that will be delivered to us by God. The second, those who change the teachings were condemned. We see throughout history those who bring in these new doctrines and teachings that contradict what has already been received were condemned by God and the church. The third, even St. Paul, once he received his teachings from Christ, he went, with, he went to the apostles to confirm it with them, make sure that this was what the rest of the church was also preaching. The fourth is that sound doctrine should be delivered as received. Our role as teachers is to take the faith and deliver it to the next generation. This is true also of parents. We we accept the faith, we receive it, we pass it on to our children. The fifth is we only have one teacher who is Christ, and, and he is the one who is delivering the truth to us because he is the truth. And finally, we follow the footsteps of the flock, those who came before us whenever we are confused or in doubt and don't know which direction to go. And glory be to God forever. Amen.